I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Investpodden. You're listening to Investpodden with Branja and Ted, and this episode will be presented in English. And welcome Benjamin from Express Democracy. Hello, thank you very much for having me on the show. Well, we're really happy to have you here, and also to have a, have you on our first English show. Well, it's a, an honor, so I hope uh, I hope to do it justice. Okay, so first off, so we get to know you. Why are you in Sweden? I am uh, an American-born Swedish resident. I've been here for the past three years. And right now I have started a company in Stockholm called Express Democracy. And that will be my my main pursuit here in town for the duration of my residency and hopefully uh, after that point. Great. So what is Express Democracy? Express Democracy is a Stockholm-based team that primarily focuses on digital solutions towards uh, the democratic process. We also focus on democratic culture building, uh, education and consultancy, data analysis, but our main goals are to foster and promote uh, a new system of democracy. And by digital, you mean it's an app, right? Yeah, so there are multiple different segments of the company. Uh, The technological side is a mobile and web-based app that allows citizens to uh, add ideas for other citizens to vote upon. Now, those ideas could be anything, but they are pertaining to things that you want to see your political representation manifest somehow. Things that you want to see changed for the type of future that you want for yourself. And when other citizens vote on those... It's completely anonymous, by the way. When other citizens vote on those ideas, you're actually signing electronic signatures for petitions for referendum. Those ideas then become legally binding and foster a conversation between you and your representatives in your municipality and with other citizens living in your municipality. Okay, so now when we talk about democracy, uh, it's a beautiful word, uh, but what is democracy to you? That's a great question. <laughs> so, I think when talking about a definition of democracy, it's it's appropriate to say that right now it means different things to different people. Some people might think democracy is uh, one vote every four years. Uh, different countries have different approaches towards what kind of democratic system they want to be able to use, representative or direct. I think it's important to consider in this 
what do we want democracy to be? Or what potential does it have? For us at Express Democracy, it's best constituted by a dialogue, a conversation, and a transparent conversation. That when we think about what can democracy be, it should not only be a, a system to make better, more informed decisions uh, that impact everybody, but a way in which you can use your own perspective to help add new information to critique the way in which we go through the process of making decisions. That we also rely on political representation to you know, have the discretion to make those decisions, being specialized in that area. But that we can have a binding conversation between the electorate in and of itself and with those that they choose to elect. And that bind them back to one another. So is that freedom? Well, in, in many capacities, I would say that being able to exercise uh, democratic autonomy is one sense of fulfillment. And in many, in many ways, that directly impacts freedom, I think. Your, your freedom to be able to say that I have some sort of powerful mechanism to, to make changes in the world around me, that I'm not just screaming at a wall. And I would say that that is one of the, the main issues we have in the, in the democratic world today is that people feel disenfranchised or fatalistic with their systems of democracy, that they feel that if a, a decision is made that you might not particularly like, you don't really have that many options to do anything about it. That if you want to be involved in the process or speak to your politicians, there aren't that many really powerful options available or equally accessible for everybody. It's, it's really easy to like what you're doing then in this case. <clears throat> I think a lot of Swedes would really recognize themselves in that and probably a lot of people in all countries. But is there a specific reason why you're starting this startup in Sweden? Are we especially good in something or bad in something that makes this especially suitable or... Why Sweden? Absolutely. Uh, there, there are a few reasons that we chose to start here. Um, and that is not to say that the, the, the main issues involved with the democratic process aren't present and even more present in other countries. But what is great about Sweden is, one, people here already have a very fond mentality regarding the democratic process. You have mm. higher voting turnout rates that have only recently started to dip. Are you comparing then to America? You said higher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In in major elections here, you you traditionally have enjoyed higher turnout rates. I mean, in the last presidential election in America, 48% of the electorate turned out. And that arguably will be one of the most uh, influential elections uh, globally, uh, certainly of my generation. Mm. And so Sweden already has a, a positive view towards the uh, effectiveness of the democratic process. You have a great penetration rate with mobile cell phones and of technology here, which is the main platform for our, our process. And that Stockholm has... Uh, shown itself to be a really fertile ground for startups to be able to, you know, start new ideas, find the right kind of networking capabilities, and meet the right kind of people with the skill sets and investment portfolios that may be able to help those type of ideas egalitarian uh, to come off the ground. Um, but what is the goal? Do you guys want to stick around here, or as so many other tech companies, do you want to go to Silicon Valley eventually? So our, our main goal now is to... <laughs> He's we, smiling. <laughs> we haven't focused on Silicon Valley, no. <clears throat> but our solution that we've got, being a multi, 
multi-tiered, multi-dimensional solution would not only apply to Sweden. And our goals are absolutely to take this towards other countries. Uh, because as I said, we've got a tech platform, but that's not going to be a global launch right at the beginning. It's going to be launched in target municipalities because we want to focus on showing an effective, powerful tool that actually makes a difference for you. That We're not talking about years of uh, timeline in the process to make changes. We're talking about you know just you working with the people in your immediate surroundings. We also uh, hope to roll that out on the national level, but after we can administer that in Swedish municipalities, work with educational workshops, work with data analysis to help representatives understand their community, we want to be able to take this sort of process and transform it in other legal structures to take it to other European countries and then onward. So if we just focus on the app for a second, um, anyone then can raise a question and any question. And, and, the and app, then, before we start, the mm-hmm. app exists right now, right? So we have a, an MVP of the app, but we yeah. haven't released a public beta ah, version okay. of it yet. But okay. soon, okay. Yeah, it's coming. Um, so anyone can raise any question and then anyone can vote. Uh, almost. So anyone can raise a question on the app. A five-year-old child can raise a question because uh, something that we also strongly promote is you don't you don't need to think uh, like a politician or write like a lawyer to know that you have a good idea. And that shouldn't good. limit it in any way to having a real impact. But to vote on these ideas, something that gives our approach a little bit of... Uh, Uh, power where other platforms are lacking here is that these do become legally binding documents that have a part uh, of bringing responsiveness from your representatives uh, to you. And so when you're voting on this, you have to be a registered voter in your municipality to to have your anonymous electronic signature registered for each one of these ideas. So anyone can add an idea, but only registered voters can vote. So how do you make sure that or deal with the fact that, you know, horrible questions might might be raised as the racist questions or um, that are that are created to harm? Right. And this is a, a real possibility. Our our platform is meant for everyone. I mean, one of the biggest issues that we're trying to focus on with this is the massive rise in polarization that we've seen all throughout the West. Uh, in ideology as well as in political parties. And so uh, what we want is to focus on that if you don't agree with somebody else saying something, well, we need a a great safe platform for you to be able to come together and share your ideas, vote on those ideas, explain those ideas, and have a conversation around them without uh, uh, any immediate threat towards you in any way. And for the platform, we don't restrict any dialogue whatsoever unless it is uh, considered hate speech. Now, we build in an algorithm that uh, continuously scans the the words that people put up in the sentence structure to, to search for things that could be considered hate speech. And there's also a flagging button for people to say that, you know, I consider this to be uh, offensive or illegal. Now, if you flag the idea, it gets reviewed um, um, with legal consult. And if it is indeed... Uh, considered to be illegal, then it's removed from the system. But in any other circumstance, we don't censor the information that goes into it. And then if I raise the question that is illegal or wrote something that is illegal mm. or hate speech, will mm. I be? am I banned for the rest of my life from the app? Or uh, if, if, say, you put in something that mm-hmm. somebody else flagged as being hate speech. Yes. 
in that uh, consideration, we uh, have not decided to ban people from using the app, but that idea would be flagged. Uh, or the idea would be taken away, but you you know if if you put in uh, a thousand ideas and they're all hate speech, uh, still th- I mean it, it is your freedom of speech to raise ideas that you think are important and relevant to you, and if they're considered illegal, you won't be able to have those ideas on our platform. But we're not going to stop anybody from using it if they feel like they you know that's a way in which they want to have their voice be heard. They need an outlet and. That that might be the most relevant tool for them. Even you know, some people might come from a background where they might not know uh, to what extent what they're saying might be considered hate speech by other, and this may be a beneficial impact for those people. For sure. So then, how do you find invest- investors who won't interfere with your product and ideas? Um, and and also, it sounds like you're not looking for an investor who wants to exit next year. Exactly. So right now we uh, we haven't decided to release. Uh, and you laughed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying that's that's so obvious that this is so mission and vision built mm. that you really need someone to share your vision for this. Well, absolutely. Uh, we haven't uh, decided to formally release whether or not we're going to pursue an IPO at this point in time, uh, specifically because of these ideas around. <clears throat> to what extent will we build a team or open this towards uh, public discretion, open boards to be able to have control or exercise discretion on what direction we take, how we administer this, because remaining uh, neutral politically, ideologically is extremely important for this company. That We don't really get many or any second chances uh, for this type of idea. That's why the coding behind this platform will be completely open source and that when we uh, look for um, each series of investors that we want to be able to, to bring on board, we are looking for people that want the same vision of the future, that are genuinely interested So and, then once you've found mm. those investors who are amazing for you and what mm, you're doing, mm. and you said you haven't made a decision yet if this is an IPO is the right thing for you, mm. but who would potentially buy you? Uh, so you, I mean, uh, most companies now, especially you brought up the election in America, mm. um, even Google now took took a stand, mm. a political stand. Yeah. And I'm guessing if we agree or not, you need a company um, who would never do that to well, buy you. Well, this is a, this is an interesting discussion because obviously for market penetration here, once we decide that we want to be able to move into the global spectrum, uh, it will be a country by country approach. Um, as the legal structure for these democratic processes to be legally binding is so diverse, uh, that when we look for what type of larger clientele or buyers we might want to move towards in the future. It is not a, a black and white scenario to say, well, you know, Facebook or Google may have excellent penetration. They could implement this system and have an outreach where they they could get you know democratic rights and democratic autonomy towards more citizens than any other platform that we could hope to collaborate with. But will they remain neutral? Will they remain in the sense where everybody's voice is included? You know, our primary goals written into our mission statements include inclusiveness, equality, transparency, and responsiveness. And if those values are likely to be jeopardized or reasonably going to be jeopardized, those cannot be partnerships that we pursue. And so hopefully by setting those uh, standards and guidelines through successful business practice, we'll be able to shape potential buyers 
to curtail more towards uh, being attractive to us in, in that way. And that's what we hope for any of our competitors as well. You said that this is an open source app or code, so mm. anybody can check the code. Yeah. And that, I mean, I don't code, and I don't think you do either, Ted. Well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> uh, with you, you never know, seriously. Um, okay, but um, I'm not a code. I, I can't do code. Like I'm, it's, it's not even an interest of mine. How mm. do I know mm. that this is safe? And that it won't be hacked, or because it's you said it's anonymous, right? Mm. Um, and so when that's that's a great question. And so yes, everything that gets done in the app is totally anonymous. We we are looking to eliminate all voter bias whatsoever. You can't see where people come from, their names, their ethnicity, their gender, none of that. Uh, and so to be able to ensure that to people, if um, you know, if if you can't code yourself, then I suppose it does. Rely, you would rely on looking towards everybody in the world who has the opportunity to look at this. You know, if if all of the news and all of the media and all the programmers in the world can look at this code and say, hey, this is as secure as we could ever expect. This is as secure as blockchain technologies having a very limited ability to be able to, to hack into these programs and for any other system that we have in place today, it is... Uh, it is secure, and we, you know we want to be really transparent with the whole thing uh, and how that code develops. We want to be, of course, the primary developers of that code. But if somebody see this uh, code in another place and they want to run with it, and develop it, and implement their own voting system in their own country for their own people, that's exactly what we want. You know, we want competitors out there. We want to be able to uh, foster what we call everyday democracy for as many people as possible. Because it's not really about, you know, are we, it's, it's like energy, right? It's not really about, you know, are we the best solar panel provider in the world? It's, are we moving towards sustainable mechanisms of energy? It's a win for everybody. It's a very strong vision. Hmm. It's very strong. Uh, I'd like to go back and just ask you some specifics about the future of the app in Sweden. And sure. I'm thinking about my kids in school. Sure. Will this be a place where the kids in school might, you know, post something and then the parents could vote on it afterwards? Is that like one of the ideas? Absolutely. So part of what we've seen in other countries is that when uh, systems of uh, electronic voting have been introduced, there has been a lot of flaws in just introducing a piece of technology. And that has not been able to effectively be engaged with with enough of the public to be a, a meaningful relevant tool for people because it doesn't simultaneously address how are we fostering a culture of democratic confidence mm. and democratic autonomy so part of our package as well is educational workshops that we actually bring directly to schools we work with youth to be able to talk about you know what does it mean to Uh, be able to wake up and check the same way you check the push notifications on your Facebook, what's happening in your community, what kind of ideas are being represented, and your ability to vote and weigh in on those ideas. We want to be able to have youth feeling like not only is it uh, a, you know, a cool and empowering thing to do, but that they are more fulfilled by doing that. They can fulfill a sense of, of duty to themselves, their families, their communities. And by fostering that culture, we hope to be able to have uh, a user demographic that is similar to what you would see on TED.com rather than YouTube. Uh, and of course, you know, it could be a great scenario and one that we hope for that your kids would go to school and learn about 
civics and, or sciences or literature, whatever they're interested in, and add ideas that reflect what they want to see in the future. And you as, your, as parents will be voting on those ideas. You, you won't know if they're uh, your kids who put them in, uh, unless your kids specifically tell you. I mean, there is the option in this to go across platform. So if you write an idea and you are really enthusiastic about it and you don't want anonymity, you're guaranteed anonymity. But if you want to share that idea on Facebook, you can do it. And absolutely, you can spread it with as many people as you want and try and build a movement towards something. So this will change the whole democratic process in a way that it will actually add the two-way dialogue instead of just having sort of the... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Synchronous uh, sort of one-way, sometimes two-way dialogue. That's exactly right. I That's mean, really that- cool. That is really what we want to be able to have is a sense of obligation for the public to feel like their representatives are obligated to deal with content and ideas in an evolving conversation about what what should we be doing. But also that representatives can look at their community and say that my constituents is engaged. They, they care and they feel like they can get involved with the right kind of tools. So that conversation it will, will always be cyclical, uh, or at least that's what we're trying to develop here. Again, when we were talking about, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, uh, when we were talking about the election before, um, I thought it was very interesting when I read about the fact that you know if you are a Democrat, you're most likely to have friends that are also Democrats, right? Mm. And your Facebook f- feed will then be filled with Democratic po- points of views. Mm. Um, so how will you, I, I mean, I'm, I'm imagining this with a ton of questions. When I open the app, Express Democracy app, uh, there will be like one billion questions. How will you sort them out? Will it still be my point of view mostly or will it be everybody's? No, so there you'll be exposed to all the ideas that are uh, able to be voted on and relevant for your municipality. So there's no algorithm um, that will find the questions that will suit me and how I'll vote. <laughs> we're, we're not looking to develop echo chambers here. 
with the type of ideas. But it that sounds are there. like you're going to do the the relevance will be on geographic or democratic sort of processes, right? So it means that in your area, that's these are the questions that are raised around your neighbors. So if you live with only Democrats somewhere, then you'll get all the democratic questions. Yeah, but it also depends on the question, right? Because the area can be Sweden if we're vo- voting for something worldwide, right? Sure. So. How this works, as far as being more than just a forum for ideas, is that there there is this level of legal applicability to it. So, right now in Sweden, we're writing off of legislation which allows you to uh, have such things like citizen initiatives, petitions for referendums, different different tools that you can use to communicate with your electorate in a legally binding way. However, we don't have that nationally in Sweden right now. The Demokratia Dredningen has identified that that's something that they want to move towards in 2018 to have national petitions for referendum like they do in the United Kingdom. But right now that only applies in municipalities and that's that's how this is going to work. So if somebody adds an idea that is, you know, in Stockholm we're going to, you know, we should be focusing on this in every public school this needs to be an added part of curriculum here. We're, we're missing this. You know, our kids are falling behind. If that's only for schools in Stockholm, people in Gothenburg won't be allowed to vote on that. Uh, uh, people in Malmo won't be allowed to, to vote on that as only being applicable in Stockholm. They could vote on that as being applicable in Malmo, but you can't vote on ideas that would impact uh, municipalities that you're not registered under as, as a voter under. And how will you know that I am me? So uh, when you log on as a user in this, uh, you're going to log on with your uh, social security information. So it's kind of a one-time deal. Yeah, you've probably logged on using your mobile bank idea on many different apps for many different purposes. And it, it's the same uh, login process that you'll have with our app. Oh, okay. And then in America, you would use your social security number. Right. Every so country. it depends on where you are. Exactly. Mm. How this uh, how this will directly be used and manifested in each country uh, so far is... Um, well, it's it's fairly similar using social security information, having um, an online system to be able to verify who you are. Almost every country has identified that some system of uh, electronic voting is what the goal is. Uh, but being able to produce uh, an algorithm to show that this is a secure method of doing it, and it's like you mentioned earlier, if you say, well, I don't know how secure this is if I'm not a coder, well, that's not necessarily relevant as long as it's better and more secure than what we have now. There are all sorts of issues always brought up about, you know, are you coerced into, into voting at the polls physically? You know, how can you really be sure that someone is voting um, what they really think? And so we figured that having a a secure open source code that you can sit in the comfort of your own home and be able to do uh, is better than what we have now. It's more accessible than what we have now. And it's av- it will be available for more people at more times throughout the day because it'll be every day. Um, I, I just love, I gotta say, <clears throat> I love this idea. I think it's great. It's really fantastic. And now voting is one thing every fourth year or depending where you're at. But all these smaller issues that comes up and people feel very frustrated about, am I getting heard? Are we getting heard? Do people, does anyone even work with this? Hmm. It sounds to me, and I don't think you told us that yet, but once we voted for something, what happens then? Do you do something with that? Or will it go automatically to someone? Or how do we know? What will happen with it? That's a great question. So when you 
uh, in your municipality, each municipality has a different population size, and that uh, impacts how many voters need to be able to vote for an idea mm. to give it that legally binding click. So you'll have a little indicator on each idea once it finally passes that threshold, and that's when the company steps in. And we take those ideas and we shepherd them to the relevant sources in government as a formal petition. And not only do we include that idea, but we include all of the added information that someone can upload about it, any videos or documents that they believe help their case, but all of the commentary as well. What we're trying to do is foster a conversation about the idea, the benefits and the detriments of this idea, who it might impact before it ever gets to our political representation. So by the time it gets to them, they've got this great snapshot, this great data analysis that's visualized in a digestible way so they can see who's voting on this idea, what kind of, as far as what kind of demographics are, are these mostly men, are these mostly women, are these, you know, how can we look at uh, who this is really impacting and who's really supporting it. How and how much they it, really feel. And how they really mm-hmm. feel That's about this. so interesting. They don't have to use the, this external middleman that is the media. All right, that is always impacting, you know, well, how do people really feel? How do your politicians really feel about these things? This, there are all sorts of different sources that are, are limiting an authentic, transparent conversation to take place. In this mm-hmm. way, you're getting exactly what the people are talking about right to your politician before they then choose, all right, well, this is an idea that everybody wants. I'm going to take it to the debate floor. We're going to start a research to see its efficacy. We're going to try to start uh, writing a piece of legislation for this idea or implement some public policy. So you can see all of that go to your politicians and what their response is is then recorded back through the app. So you get all this easy right to you in your phone so you can Mm -hmm. see if they said no, well, they have to have some sort of rationale for that. They have to have some research that was done on it so they can come back and say, you all really wanted this idea, but... In one example, we could see that, you know, it passed the legal threshold for the amount of people who needed to vote for this to come to us, but 90% of the municipality voted against this idea. So it had enough support to get to me, but most people actually don't want this, so we're not going to go with it. Or it's a great idea, but we don't have the budget to do it. So you can see what's happening with that content and why. And if they continue with it, we track the process all the way through the, the political process to end result. So once you make an idea, sitting on the bus or sitting at home, you get the entire process kind of given to you, kind of fed to you. So that conversation is is easy and accessible and recorded through the app uh, for you so, and your representatives. And I, I can see, now taking an example from the investment and entrepreneur community, we had in Sweden here a big debate about uh, stock options in uh, startups and in larger companies. Mm. And a lot of the startups actually came out in the media saying things, but the actual legislation and things, the actual work that needed to be done, needed to be done in those kind of documents you're talking about here, which means that maybe the media was okay, but it wasn't enough to push that needle all the way through. So it sounds like we'd like to be beta testers on this one, and we have a couple of suggestions <laughs> going on here. So yes. I'm going to stand in line here. Yeah, but also when it comes to media, or social media for that matter, yeah. it, it's usually just the strongest voice who mm. can scream the loudest. That's yeah. why I'm I'm totally honest about the fact that I am not a Twitter lover, because mm. in, in my view, it's just who can scream or, you know, Twitter <laughs> the loudest. Right. And here it's every, every voice. 
That's exactly right. I mean, we, we have some examples uh, that are, are quite evident in today's world about if you say things on Twitter, then, you know, they, they do become a, a certain level of fact or truth for a lot of people. And with this platform, you don't have any idea, is this a very popular person? Is this a crazy person? Is this uh, a well-liked or influential person? You're just looking at an idea. What do I feel about this? Yes or no? You can't see how anybody else has voted until you vote. So you're just weighing in on this idea. Do I agree with this or do I not? And what do I feel about it? The whole thing is is very personal. It's very individual. And the idea being that democratic autonomy is, you know, what kind of world do you want to live in? Regardless of your community, regardless of the people around you, what kind of world do you want to be able to live in? And that conversation should be able to... uh, be manifested in a safe and secure way that is part of that obligated constant dialogue between the elected and the electorate. So are you there to teach people how to write a question properly or statements maybe for that matter? So there's no room for interpretations of... Because I guess you can only then vote yes or no, right? Or agree or don't agree. You can vote uh, support or oppose and then mm-hmm. you can skip an idea if you want to go back. You know, if you're not quite sure, you can save it and, and look through all the documents that somebody's uploaded, the rest of the conversation. But essentially, it's yes or no. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, it's a problem if the reader is sitting and wondering, what did I mean exactly? Like, I don't really know what I'm voting for. Right. So part of the the workshops that we have, they're, they're more... Um, targeted towards what is a democracy, what is this conversation, what what should this conversation entail as far as transparency, responsiveness to representatives, but also, you know, how much should you feel like you can engage in your community and how much can you really feel empowered to do so? But of course, part of that is, you know, writing things in in a clear way. I wouldn't say that they're Necessi- I wouldn't go so far as to say that they're linguistics courses for uh, you, know, you know young lawyers or politicians to be able to format their ideas, but uh, certainly being able to write your ideas in a, in a concrete way to express what you mean, because the ideas have a word count that you're voting on here. They're short, they're simple. Like I said, there's an unlimited word count that you can have as far as a further description, but the simple ideas that people are actually voting on here are, are you know, they are quite concrete. And so that, that's part of it as well, that you should be able to say, you know, here's what I feel and here's why I feel that. And you can back it up with a lot of things. But we want this to be something that is uh, also very engaging for people. So you don't feel like you get bogged down by, oh, I'm trying to read, you know, pages and pages of, of literature about something if uh, just to understand the point of, of this idea. So how did you come up with this? So this idea was uh, hatched uh, with my co-founding partner, Anders Regen, uh, when he was describing to me uh, an idea that he had for uh, a system of online voting, a system of elo- uh, electronic voting. His background is in theoretical philosophy, and uh, we uh, eventually worked that out to say, what else would you need besides just a system for voting? What else would you need to have a system like this really take off? What what other elements are missing? What has not been done in other areas of the world? So it was one night conversation that went till five o'clock in the morning over at his apartment here in the center <laughs> of the city. And then I came back about a week later with a 50-page business plan and said, well, here's how we could do it. And from there, the the idea evolved and then we started programming and then we started 
bringing a team together and that's how it went. And obviously we are excited about this, um, but what has been the general response? So between uh, the public uh, traction that we've gotten, phenomenal. Uh, it, it has been really uh, gratifying, I would say, to, to us personally. I know I can speak for Anders in this way to say that it has been um, really motivating to see how the public has responded to say that, yes, we want this kind of tool. This, is, this would be something that we want to use. And this, you know, we all see the, the sense and the need for this. For political representation, it has been fantastic. You know, if, if you go to our website at expressdemocracy.com, you can see some great political uh, figures here in Sweden and also internationally who have weighed in on this being something that as politicians, they also need this kind of information. They would be uh, uh, better suited to have th- these type of tools to engage with their community. And uh, as far as uh, investors in the business side of it, also that the, the potential seems massive. That scalability seems massive. But how is it possible, uh, investor <coughs> perspective now, how is it possible to make money from this? So there's uh, there's uh, two distinct sides to this. One is the technology side. Like I said, it's all open source, and we we really advocate for you know putting it out there and having uh, scrutiny for it. To, so the public can understand uh, the transparency in what we're doing. But the other side of it, uh, the for-profit side of it, is the data analysis and visualization, the subscription packages that we offer uh, for the consultation with that data, and the educational workshops that we offer for private organizations and public. And so uh, as a user, you will never have to pay for this app. It's going to be free. And there's never going to be ads. There's never going to be any, any corporate interest trying to you know, persuade what way you vote on any ideas. That's very clearly not acceptable in this type of platform. So what we do is we, um, uh, for each municipality, we analyze data that reflects the users in that area. Still anonymous, but we look at you know things like I said before the you know the gender, the age group of these people, and we formulate data visualizations which can allow representation to see very clearly a monthly snapshot. What is my community thinking about? What is relevant to them? How do they need things to be done, and why? And we provide this uh, data along with consultation packages that uh, are part of subscriptions and uh, very competitively priced subscriptions and uh, also educational workshops then. But, uh, you also told me before we started this interview um, that it's a possibility to use this app for my company. Mm-hmm. So if I have employees and I, and I, and I actually really truly want to know what they think about you know me as a boss or something. Absolutely. Uh, so, so how uh, do I do that? How do I do this? So available for academic institutions or companies, big or small. Uh, you have other versions of the app, corporate and academic. That if you want to be able to see, uh, I know it sounds very Swedish, very flat organization to incorporate all of the different voices and perspectives in your in your company. However, uh, massively advantageous to have these multiple perspectives uh, working cross disciplinary to say, you know, here's what kind of ideas I have about what we can do with our company. What do you all think about this? Or this is what I want to see in our leadership. Your leadership can respond to it. Your leadership can also see those same type of subscription packages. What is my company thinking about? What's important to my employees? What do we want? What do we want to be able to do as a um, uh, platform to be able to attract key talent 
into your company to show, hey, we are responsive to young people coming into our company who have great ideas. We're responsive to the type of things that our employees might see that we as leadership can gain from. And also, as a small business owner, say you want to know what people are thinking about your uh, your food or your menu selection at a, at a restaurant or the services that you happen to provide. You get codes, corporate and company codes that people can log on to the same way they would log on to the app uh, just as an individual person, and they can come up with these ideas, and you can see the same type of information. Here's what my customers want. Here's what they're thinking I'm not doing great. Here's what they're thinking I'm doing really well in an app that we hope we'll have a larger penetration and a greater ease of access to be able to use it as many places as possible. This sounds great, and I'm super excited to see uh, the final result. It's really cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to when I suggest something on the menu and they come back and they say, we're developing this now for you, Ted. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> But it's anonymous, so they will never know it's you well, unless I, you I tell could, them. I could tell them. I could tell them if I wanted to, right? Well, well yeah, you've never really been the shy <clears throat> guy, have you? <laughs> it's, it's certainly something that we, uh, you know, we believe in democracy at our own company as well as we do for, you know, outside the company. So we, we do... Uh, try to develop this in as many ways as possible with the community to hear what people are interested in and what they want to see, different types of uh, user applicability that you know we might not have thought of. And so we, we do want to develop this for you know what democracy really is, making communal decisions for you know the benefit of everybody. Beautiful words. This is this is great. I'm so sorry, but we have to um, wrap up for today. Thank you so much for for joining us today. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure. So, you know, thank you guys for having me having me on here. And for our listeners, it is expressdemocracy.com, right? So they can log on and check it out. That's right. Absolutely. I'm definitely logging on. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you, okay. Ben. Yeah, thank okay. you guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Investpodden with Ranja and Ted. Please follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And feel free to contact us at ranja at investpodden.se. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.